I kept looking for the job or the, the place or the match. And I thought, it, at some point I looked in the mirror and I thought, well, maybe it's me. Like, maybe I have to create that place because I'm not quite finding it out there. I could find places where I could do training, but it wasn't transformational. Well, and they're going to see your your uh, resume and go, chemical engineer, what do you mean you want to be a coach? You know, like coaching. People, people definitely said that to me. Darla Ledoux is my next guest, and she is a transformational business coach, a recovering engineer, author of Shift the Field, and founder of Sourced. Sourced helps service-based entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, creatives, healers, and therapists to confidently market, sell, and deliver deep transformation while being guided by their uniquely sourced mission. After following the formulas of other experts for years, all while downplaying her unique magic, Darla committed to doing business differently. She reclaimed her inner knowing, sourced connection, and created the soul-led business that feels divinely right without suffering or struggle. She envisions a world in which all people access and live by their inner knowing, making it valid, valued, and visible in their most magical work. Welcome to the Create Happy Now podcast, dedicated to helping you start your journey to discover true happiness. Join me, your host, Susan Blanton, weekly as we explore the transformation stories and words of wisdom from our Masters of Happiness with tips you can start applying today to create happy now. So especially excited because she's one of my new favorite authors. I've read her book twice, cover to cover, and it's called the Retreat and Grow Rich book. And uh, it's a it's a book designed for people who would want to lead a retreat. And it is so juicy and it's a page turner for a self-help book to be a page turner. I can't put it down. I, I just have to give you kudos, Darla. Um, you spoke to me on every page and um, I, I just, I just felt like we were in a room by ourselves and you were just talking to just me. Mm -hmm. And that's just, just magical. And um, the reason why I wanted to have you come on is because you changed the trajectory of your career midstream. And a lot of people these days are kind of like, I, you know, I, I did what everybody said I was supposed to do, but I, it's not getting me where I want to go. And I, I need to change things up. I need to move or be with somebody different or I need to uh, change careers or, you know, do something. I need to change. And I'm kind of scared. And I thought, you know, Darla, that people need to hear about your story because it's not just the book you wrote. It's your life. You really grabbed your, you know, reasons for change and took it by the horns and you, you went with it. And, um, and that's why I love you so much. And I just want you to share your wisdom and your experience with the listeners. Thank you, Susan. I'm so happy to be here. And it's like, it really touches me that the book has made a difference. You know, I as I think about putting the things I've been teaching and talking about lately into a new book, um, 
it's really motivating. So thank you. Um, yeah, when you listed off the different types of changes that people might be contemplating, I have done all of them, I would say. <laughs> um, I feel like for me, you know, the biggest thing has been career-wise, I started out as an engineer. I went to school for engineering. I didn't really even know what an engineer was, but I knew I grew up in a small town. I knew that we never had money and I didn't want that to be the story of my life. And so I asked my guidance counselor, you know, what, what should I be? I don't know. They wanted me to fill out the form and I didn't really know. And they said, well, you're good at math and science. You should be an engineer. Like if you can, you should be an engineer. So I wrote down engineer on the paper again, didn't know what it was, but I also learned that it only would take me four years to get a real job. And I knew I wanted a real job and I wanted to get out of my small town and make something of myself. So I wrote engineering on the paper and I was raised not to be a quitter. <laughs> and so even once I got into it and I, I thought, I don't really know what I'm actually going to do with this degree, I just kept going. What kind so, of engineer did you pick? Chemical. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I asked my math teacher, I said, well, which one's the hardest? And he circled <laughs> chemical. And I said, okay, I'm going to do that. Wow. And Susan, I really don't like chemistry. You know, I like, I like engineer, like I like math and science physics, but I really don't like chemistry. So I don't know how I made it through, <laughs> but I did. And I found myself in a job. I got a job at Procter and Gamble out of college, which was, you know, prestigious and desired. And it was a great job. I really, really loved it until I didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two things happened for me. One was I was working on food products and we were engineering <laughs> basically fake food. <laughs> I was working on a juice, juice like drink. And I started to realize I didn't really think people needed more fake juice. Um, so that was the first thing that happened. And then I was trained as a coach in my corporate job. So I remember you telling about that story. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have to give them a lot of credit because they put a group of us through this training to coach people who were reporting to one another to help them identify judgments they might have about each other. So we could work, you know, more harmoniously together. And it was a really intense, immersive training, you know, to help create a more diverse workplace and more acceptance in the workplace. So it was really great. So you basically weren't happy with what the company was producing, you know, and, and so you did have the opportunity to do some coaching though. So that. I think kind of triggered something within you. Like you kind of like that part. I did. Yeah, we did, you know, various exercises where we had to look at our own biases to be able to support other people to look at their biases. And so it was this really deep work. And I realized that I had a lot of beliefs that were influencing my life and I didn't even know it. Like nobody had taught me this. We are, we don't learn this growing up that, our belief influences our life and how we show up and what we say and what we don't say and how people respond to us and all of that. And it was like, uh, I call it the punch in the gut moment where 
I just thought, why doesn't everybody know this? And if I could talk about this for the rest of my life, that would feel like it was making a meaningful difference. Yeah. So that was the seed. (laughs) Yeah. So how long did you coach uh, within the company before you said, you know what, I, I, I got to take this on the road, <laughs> literally. Yeah, I was there probably another year and a half. And during that time, I did a lot of soul searching and I did a lot of informational interviews. So, you know, that's the traditional guidance is go talk to people about their career and see if you might like that career better. <laughs> so I did so much of that. I talked to our corporate trainers. I talked to, you know, psychologists and therapists and uh, researchers and all types of different careers to see if I might be happy doing that. I actually left corporate and I taught high school for a couple of years. And I thought, okay, I'll just sneak this coaching in, you know, to my teaching career, which I did. And I got a lot of great practice. I I taught at an amazing school, but, you know, it was just, Money Deep wasn't within there me. teaching, was it? <laughs> uh, no, no, that wasn't that wasn't the best money. Um, and I really I did not love going to the same place every day at 7 a.m. You know, I couldn't imagine doing that for the rest of my life. So being an entrepreneur, I make my own hours. There's always variety, there's always a new project or travel, or, um, which really fuels my soul. Um, but I was looking, I was searching for where can I do this thing, right? The seed was planted around if we just bring our truth forward in relationship with other people, I saw this in at work, it'll work. Like the world will work. It really will. And how do I work on that rather than, you know, engineering something else? And I kept looking for the job or the the place or the match. And I thought it, at some point I looked in the mirror and I thought, well, maybe it's me. Like maybe I have to create that place because I'm not quite finding it out there. I could find places where I could do training, but it wasn't transformational. Well, or and they're re- going to see your, your uh, resume and go chemical engineer. Or what do you mean? You want to be a coach, <laughs> you know, like coaching. People- People definitely said that to me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 In fact, I I understand the bug, you know, I mid, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in college, but you know, it's time to go. So you just pick something and midway through, I found, I took a class in psychology and I'm like, "Ah, that's what I want to do. My parents like, no, you can't change your major now. What was your major? (laughs) Earth, space, science. <laughs> I ended up getting a, a a code degree. So I had business administration and earth space science. So, you know, I fit it to where I was doing at the time. But um, but I my junior year, I was like, I, I want to go into psychology. And um, and then we went after I got out of college, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go get my PhD and psychiatry and but the nearest school is like an hour and a half away 
in Michigan and I'm like, I'm not driving in the snow an hour and a half away. That's forget it. So that was the end of that. Um, I took a little counseling job, but that's a whole nother story that I won't get into. But um, so I had to put on hold for a long time. And um, so, uh, but, you know, I want you to go on with your story. So you um, realize it had to be you, like you had to just kind of make it up as you went instead of finding a job somewhere. So how did that start? Well, it took a while. I call it my 10 years in the self-help aisle. So, you know, you've pro we've probably read some of the same books to figure out what do I want to do with my life. And um, yeah, it wasn't until I found myself in a retreat. Well, two things happened. I found myself in a retreat where they presented this idea that it, if you're kind of having the same complaints and you're changing your circumstances, but you're still having the same complaints, then it might be you. And I kind of started to get curious about that. Like, what was it about me that I was looking outside of myself and finding these problems? <laughs> Wherever and you go, there you are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the circumstances were so different between, you know, working in my engineering career and working teaching high school. It was night and day different, but I was still irritated in all the same ways. <laughs> and so I did some deeper work around that in looking at how my own upbringing was influencing me. Like I was raised by a single mom and my parents shuffled me back and forth a lot. I felt like everything was out of control. So I wanted to control everything I could. And I also really had this sense of I'm on my own. So I was fiercely independent. I was going to do everything. <laughs> and I took that into my work. So I would look around and I would have this filter of like, well, people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. I guess I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I would just start doing things. I'd never talk to anyone about it. I'd never, you know, I was, it was just on autopilot. Yeah. And yeah. as I started yeah. doing that deeper work and saying, oh, maybe I don't have to be like this. Like what would happen if I just didn't take over everything? What would happen if I started asking other people what they think or how they want to do it. What would happen if I relaxed into this a little bit? And the world started opening up in really surprising ways. So Isn't that's so true. You know, when you let go of how things are supposed to be, mm -hmm. then uh, you're not trying to distort and conform to those norms that just, you know, don't fit you, but you're trying so hard. You know, I grew up with my mom working at the same, she was a teacher too, uh, for 28 years, same place. My dad worked at the same company for 35 years. My sister worked for the same comp. She was a teacher too, for the same organization for 44 years. And here I am, you know, do, do, do <laughs> all over the place. And it, it always grated on me because I was like, I, I felt like I was looked down upon because I didn't stay at the same company, the same career for, you know, three or more decades. I remember when I left my job, I remember updating my LinkedIn profile 
And it's kind of funny because I, I just was having a conversation with a LinkedIn expert right before this. And I've come so far and LinkedIn has come so far, but I remember, I remember thinking, how can I put my life coach training on my LinkedIn profile? I'll never be able to come back from that. <laughs> you know, it, like, what are people going to think of me? And so when you talk about changing careers, there's such a stigma about that in our society, but it used to be, you know, people were Renaissance men, for example, and had all these different backgrounds and it was revered. So I believe that's coming around again and that we're really in a place of when we trust where we're called, life works out. Like when we really hear, and I know you're a big advocate for intuition, when we really hear what's true for us, it will guide us in the direction that we maybe didn't even think to plan out. I love to move from the head, from what's rational and logical into that felt sense of what's true for you. And it was perfectly logical and rational to get the career, you know, to get the four-year degree and get out of college and get a job because that was, you know, the thing to do to get out of this situation. And that made sense at the time. But recently, I have learned to just trust the things that don't make sense. And that's hard to do. Um, and I've done plenty of that doesn't make sense when the rest of my family probably questioned what I did, but you know, I, I was the one that moved out, out away out of state. You know, I just feel like I was, uh, the one that went off kilter, <laughs> like what's Susan doing now? Um, okay. Um, but I, I loved going down the rabbit hole and seeing, you know, where it would go. Um, and I'm glad that I stuck to it. I mean, one of them is, um, you know, the, the person I'm with is significantly younger than I am. And that came with its trials and tribulations. But um, now I, I, we have an amazing relationship and it's been, um, I, w I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um and, you know, some people say, well, don't you get a lot of flack from it? I'm like, actually not anymore at all, ever. You know, I mean, it just worked out. Um, I don't get any pushback. I don't get any drama about it um, because I finally embraced it fully. And yeah. when you do that, then people kind of let it go because they know that you can't be persuaded different. I couldn't agree with you more. I feel like to me, that's energetic alignment. And I, it, I don't know why LinkedIn is obviously in, in the air today, but I remember too, when I would meet people during this stage of my transition and I would talk about what I was doing and they would say, why would you do that? Aren't you an engineer? And like people, people I didn't even know would say that to me. But once I got clear and once I updated my LinkedIn and I wrote my life coach school and all of that in there, nobody ever asked me again, but it was like my uncertainty with it was being reflected. Yes. 
right? almost like I energetically gave people permission to question me because I was questioning me. Mm-hmm. And when that, when I closed that door, that stopped happening. Because you're leaving a crack open. If you have a doubt, you're leaving a crack open for someone to widen it. Yeah. And if, but if you close it, they can't even, they can't even start. And, yeah. um, and, and even it, if they did try, you're like, it doesn't even phase you. Doesn't phase you. Cause it's the same thing. I'm thinking about people who host retreats and the entrepreneurs that I work with, what, you know, I don't know how much your audience is taking webinars and, you know, learning all of these things online, but there's so many people who will present ideas that make us question what we're doing or what we're thinking, right? If it doesn't fit into whatever this formula is, and I've been selling transformational work for 15 years and lots of people would say, you can't sell that or that doesn't work or, you know, nobody wants that, but I've been doing it. And it's because of the certainty and the alignment. And there's lots of people that um, they, they get that crack of doubt when someone questions or when they watch a webinar that says you can't do the thing that you think you want to do and then they doubt and it doesn't really work but as soon as someone clicks into alignment I've had people in my sphere who are filling retreats on all kinds of topics that seem like there wouldn't be a market for that yeah yeah I mean I I think that you know when you really set your intention mm-hmm. because, and it's kind of hard to set your intention until you get clear, but when you get clear and you set your intention, nothing can get in your way really. And I think if you're always worrying about what other people think, like, like if you're, I want to do this, but what would so-and-so think? Well, what would so-and-so think? Yeah. Well, what would my mother think? Well, what would my dad say? <laughs> you know, if, if that's what, then you have a big crack open that that's definitely gonna someone's gonna come in and try to pry it open you know if you're starting out with well should i do that because uh, someone's gonna say this about it Mm, somebody's gonna say this about it so you know you you really can't move forward until you have gotten clear on it and you don't care what people think about how it's going to look, you know, and it's hard. It's, it's scary. It is to, to do that. I would add that along the way. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think it's nice to think like, okay, we're going to close the door. There's no crack. No one's going to get in and then I'll just do what I want. But the truth is like the crack, you know, people, people will crack it open because they're curious or, or will something will make us doubt. We'll see a news headline and then the doubt seeps in the back and we don't even realize it's there. And pretty soon someone's questioning at us and all of a sudden there it is in our face. So, you know, we teach tools for what do you do when that happens? Because it's going to happen even you know i've written two books and i've been in business for a while and stuff can come up to make me doubt 
and wonder like, am I on the right track? Can I do this thing that's next? And do I have what it takes? But I have tools now to know, oh, okay, that's reflecting back to me some belief I haven't looked at yet. And I know how to look at it and use it as fuel. Right. But in the beginning, we don't know that. And so any crack becomes like a giant chasm. Or it just feels like a a wall, like yeah. that you can't penetrate through. Like you're like, I'm ready to go. And there's that wall. And you're like, why can't I get through it? You know? And um, and I think a lot of people find themselves in that in that place. They want to, and and they're not, they don't feel the fear, but then sometimes it just it's showing up anyway. They think they're not fearful. It's like, it's like you want to go swimming. You've got your bathing suit on, you got your towel, you got your swimmies, and you're ready to get in the pool. And mm, I don't know, maybe I'll stick my foot in it. Is it warm enough? It looks cold. <laughs> no. Can I see to the bottom? I don't know. Um, that is get in. You're like, well, wait a minute, you know, like, um, I have ha- when was the last time I ate? You know, like you're just <laughs> coming yeah. across. Like you're stalling and you don't know why, because you've got your swimsuit on, you're at the pool, you got your swimmies on, you got your towel ready. You're got, you know, you're ready to go on, go in and you're just, uh, and there's always a reason. And sometimes you don't even know what it is. We don't. Yeah. So you can either just say, I'm sick of sitting on the side of the pool. I'm going to jump. And then you'll, you'll sort it out from there. Will someone push me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or you can look at, okay, what does this remind me of? And what is there? There's something this is reminding me of that makes it feel unsafe to go in the pool. And it's not real, but it's real in my body, right? I'm having a physical response to this pool. What's that about? And either way works. So it just depends. Are you willing to jump? Right. And then, um, but another way you can do is like, well, when has it been a situation where you were kind of fearful, but you move, you did it anyway, you jumped in anyway. And how did you do that? Like remind yourself, you know, maybe it was, um, you know, you, you decided you wanted to go move to a different state you know and it was kind of scary but you really wanted to go there and you did it anyway but yet this other thing you can't push forward so can you take that situation and and try to unpack it like what allowed me mentally to be able to push through it and do it anyway how can Um, I find that in the the pool you know like I love that yeah, that's a great strategy. I love it. And maybe You're- test the waters or something, you know, test it, do a trial run, um, maybe, um, you know, visit. Like if you're, if you're like, I want to move and you're like, I'm not sure. Well, just go visit then go do a vacation. And, you know, so I don't know, I, I don't want to take I over, know. but you know, yeah, so, so you, so you said you, you had to change a lot. Um, career was one of them and you started, uh, the coaching career. 
Um, but you had a lot of other changes as well, um, as we all have. Um, but yeah. um, well, you were talking about a big change, then other changes start to get easier as well. I think what I would say, because I've had, I've had changes in my relationship. I've had changes in my location, you know, for me moving the first time I moved, when I left, I was in Cincinnati, Ohio for 15 years. And the first time I left, it felt like a big leap because I thought I'm going to go there for three years. I'm going to do this career. I'm going to put it on my resume and then I'm going to go to a, a better city. <laughs> that was what I thought. <laughs> um, and then I just kept not leaving. Mm. So when I did leave there, that felt like, like a pretty big deal. Um, but moving for me has been easier. I like meeting people. I like new places. That's been easy in a lot of ways, but you know, I think that my biggest learning ground has been in relationship. And oh yeah, you know, I don't, I don't even want to say I've arrived, but I've got a lot of tools in my toolkit for how to navigate and how to know what's true for me and how to communicate what's true for me and how to be really honest with, is my partner saying what's true? Yeah. And are we aligned? Are we going in the same direction? And that was not modeled for me growing up. Oh, no. Um, my parents' relationship, I could not take anything from. I mean, I, I tried to model my uh, first marriage from from what I knew. And well, we know that didn't go well, <laughs> but it wasn't in 18 years. So I went that far, but mm -hmm. it, it kind of started falling apart after, um, you know, eight years. And, um, you know, well, you, my first marriage was six months, so, you know, <laughs> you're doing well. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, the, the guy that I'm with right now, it, it'll be going on 17 years, um, in the, next year and eight, no 18 years next year and um so I will have met the same amount with both and um now we're not married but I would have to say that the the relationship has by far been so much more educational for me um because I was letting go of expectations of how things are supposed to be mm -hmm. and oh you have to be married um we found that not being married made us stronger and i'm not saying that for everybody but for us um we try harder mm. we try harder for each other um now we've broken up got back together and broken up got better got together a lot of times but um it's not because we didn't love each other. It's just because society didn't like it. It was hard to deal with the people um, not agreeing with it, you know? So that was crack was open, right? And we fed into it. Well, now that, that there's no crack, there's no somebody coming in to question our relationship and breaking it up. It'll never happen. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're both on in the same camp about that. And we both have expressed that. So 
I'm curious. And I'm in a relationship with someone significantly younger than me. So I'm curious what changed. Um, well, I just kind of, um, one day said, okay, you know, either we're going to be together, together. Um, I don't care if we're married or not, but you know, I don't want to worry about, well, you know, we'll just keep going as long as we can go. Um, or until we find someone else we like better, you know, I didn't, I wanted a little bit more commitment and, um, I was just like, you know, I just, I just left. And I said, it's not because I don't love you. It's just, I, I need more. I need, I need more. And this, uh, how long ago was this? Seven years ago, something like that. And, um, and I moved out. And he begged me to come back. And I said, well, I want, I want this, 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 this from the relationship then. And he goes, okay, done. And it was done. And that was, you know, we, we bought a house and, you know, we've Mm. been together ever since. And, um, you know, it's just been, it's just been different. And it's because I could, I could walk away from the relationship, um, because I wasn't attached. You know, that's the thing is. I was so attached, uh, to a lot of things and that the relationship as it was, um, and and when I detached myself, then the freedom to be in it was because I enjoyed it. Not because I felt like he completed me or I needed him to feel good about myself. You know, it was. I loved myself enough to walk away. And, um, and so now we're, we're both confident. Like if he goes away for, you know, a trip, I am not like, what are you doing? Where are you at? What are you doing? Where are you at? I, like I say goodnight at night and that's it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not waiting on his every, you know, what are you doing? Where are you at? Who are you with? Um, I don't care, you know, and, and it just, it's more freeing to not, I I mean, I love him and, and he is the love of my life, but I am not so desperately attached that I'm losing myself in it. Yeah. Non-attachment is a fabulous way of being to create happy well, yeah, it is. And, um, you know, like I, I have my, um, the house that I love, but you know, if we had to move, okay. You know, and I have my, my dream car, but if I had to dr- drive something else, I wouldn't like it, but okay. You know, I'll find something I do like, you know? So, um, it, it, it's just a concept to grasp. And once you grasp the concept, then doing it is not that hard when you realize how much value there is to it. Yeah. I'm thinking of changing careers, changing locations, um, non-attachment, not only to the career or the money or the status or whatever, but, um, what people think. Yes. That's, that's a huge thing that people, um, 
fear the most is what other people think. And, um, you know, if, you know, I think if, if that's all you really worked on, was detaching yourself from what other people think, everything else would be gravy because, because that's the hardest. Yeah. And it also brings you a lot more confidence when you don't care what other people think. One of the things that we focus on, we call it magic or your sourced magic. And, you know, it's really hard to say, okay, I'm not going to care what people think, or I'm not going to have this bad habit or whatever it might be. Um, We need something to move toward, right? As opposed to, oh, I'm not going to be like that. Right, and right. so we have this framework that we call your sourced magic, and it helps people really tune into how source. So I use the word source, God, spirit, the universe, energy. It's not religious, however you want to think about it. Um, that is your knowing, your connected sense of self, and your divine purpose here. And there, we always have guidance. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they recognize patterns, right? Things show up and they get a click or they start to see the same conversation happening in multiple places. And we've all heard it often comes in threes, right? So you see this, this person said this, yeah, they said this. And then I saw this article and then it it spoke to me, right? That's not an accident. Mm -mm. Um, some people feel it in their bodies, right? They feel a sense of discomfort or I have this one. It's called, we, I, this is a framework that I developed. I call it sensation magic. Um, but certain I'll get like a, an injury or a certain symptom or something, you know, or a twitch (laughs) that drawing my attention to an organ or a part of my body. And I know what that symbolizes, right? Like, shouldering burden, for example, or moving forward or fear of moving forward. And um, so we have these different ways that we get information that we're not taught to pay attention to, or that it's real in any way, right? We're taught to rely on our brain and our logic. And as an engineer, like I know, you know, we're taught to justify and prove. Analyze. <laughs> exactly. And, but we have this guidance around what's true for us. And sometimes the guidance will, will call us to give up something that maybe we liked a lot. You know, there were a lot of things I liked about my corporate job. Um, But I just just taken away, you know, it's like, you didn't get the hint. So you know what, we're just gonna take it away, you know? Um, and so you're kind of forced to finally do like, you know, maybe it's like, yeah, I've been wanting to be, I've been wanting to be an entrepreneur, been wanting, 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 wanting. And then finally, you know, you get laid off. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's a sign that I need to go ahead and just do it. Yeah. I've even seen that in business where something might be working, working, working. And then all of a sudden it's not. And it's an opportunity to reinvent. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, Retreat and Grow Rich is the, my first book and it's the work I was doing. I was hosting retreats around helping people develop their retreat-based business before COVID. Yeah. 
And then obviously nobody was retreating or offering <laughs> retreats and it forced me to reinvent. And yes. in that process, this work of trusting your magic really came through because I was helping my clients to trust themselves when the world was falling apart. And that wouldn't have been birthed had that not happened, right? So much was birthed in the last few years. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I mean, how many YouTube channels started in, in 2020 um, that are now sensations now? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think the thing is, is that I would rather have, you know, go be at the end of my life and go, you know what? I dared to, to try to do the things that I really wanted to do. Now, whether I was successful at them or not, I tried, I pivoted, I changed, I experienced. Um, but what if I had gone to that end of my days and I've always wanted to try all of this and I just never even tried, you know, the people that I would not have met, the things I didn't get to experience. And maybe I didn't get to make the money I wanted to make or whatever, but I, I did have the, the chance to do it. I had the opportunity and I took it. And I think that speaks volumes, um, to at least try, you know, why do you want to go to the end of your days and regret? Oh man, I never tried. I never did what I want. I always wanted to be this and I never did it. Yeah. So Darla, what is your favorite quote? Did you bring a favorite quote with you today? Mm, yeah. My favorite quote, I have used this a lot throughout. It's in the book. It's in both of my books um, is by a man named Kurt Wright. And he says, as human beings, we cannot accept a part of ourselves that we haven't shared with another human being and had validated rather than violated. Mm. we've been violated in some way, whether it was just being expressed, being a kid and showing up fully. And someone said, Shh, not now, no. Um, or, you know, violated in a, you know, more extreme way. Yeah. But the, the traumas or the hurts happen at the hands of other people. And then we try to heal them by ourselves, but we really need other people to help us heal mm -hmm. yet a lot of times then we can defer our healing to other people like they're the source of our healing but we are the source of our healing so we need people we need communities this is why i'm such a fan of intimate retreats we need to be witnessed so that we know there's nothing wrong we there's need nothing to wrong yeah yeah heard but then guided to how to navigate our own healing and strength. Um, we can't expect to be healed by another. We're, we are healing ourselves, but we have to allow, we have to learn how to allow to heal. And if, if someone's there to at least guide you so you can heal, because it, it, it's hard to heal in a vacuum. Exactly. It really is. Um, so one more question, Darla, what is your happy hack? Oh, 
Well, I have to say my magic. Yeah. So, you know, that looks different for everybody. In the assessment we use, there's six types of sourced magic. So six ways that your intuition can guide. And our clients have invented other ways, right? It's not like these are the only six, mm-hmm. but being able to hear source, like for me, if I'm in a session with a client and I'm really tuned in and I'm just really clear source is working through me, this isn't me, you know, it's not my brain, I'm out of the way and we're, we're working magic here. There's nothing that feels better. And so the more, uh, more time I spend in that space, the more happy I am and the more alive I feel. And I think the people around me are happier. Isn't that so true? I mean, that is what I have felt I found from the most of my happy hacks that people have shared on Create Happy Now podcast. It's when you are are channeling that inner wisdom in that peaceful mm-hmm. moment when you know mine is like just painting and just being still. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, like, I don't even have to change paint. It just, the paint Mm. just paints. And I'm like, I'm not painting. And then I walk away and I go, I don't know. I didn't do it because Mm. you know, I didn't do it. It was, it just happened. I'm like, how come I can go from the nose to the shoulders with no paint difference and I'm still painting and it looks great. And I know I'm in the zone. And, wow. and time goes away. Um, yeah. And, you know, some people find us in, in uh, different kinds of meditations. Um, painting is my meditation. <laughs> um, or yeah. if you're- well, and I, in my framework, I call that expression magic. It's like source is literally expressing, expressing on the canvas. Yes. Through yes. It's listening. Yes. You're allowing. Right. And not trying to, and, and I, I've been doing um, in, intuitive painting and just letting it go and seeing what happens and not caring how it's going to look and go, okay, I'm going to put a splash of color over here and I'm going to put a splash of color over here and, oh, maybe I'll put three dots up here. And I don't even know like where it's coming from. I'm just following whatever it's saying to do you know, get blue. Okay. Get pink, put it up the upper left-hand corner, you know, use this and, and just make a swirl here. Okay. Okay. Whatever, you know, and then wow. you're like, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and it's just fun um, to just let go. It's a, it's an exercise in letting go of having it turn out or be a certain way. Mm. And um, so yeah. I mean, I think if you can just find something that does that for you, I mean, some people like to compose music, write songs that's their, you know, or maybe they would write a poem or maybe they're writing a book. I mean, cause sometimes there's been things I've written and I go, I don't remember writing that like that. How did that come out of me? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. you, you were in the zone and, and time goes away and you're just in pure joy. And that's, it, it's usually when you're, you're channeling your inner wisdom. So good. And I know that you channeled your inner wisdom and retreat and grow rich because it was this magical. <laughs> I love Well, it. and I, you know, it's interesting. I learned some of that and I'm 
this year, especially I'm really leaning into it more, you know, like, like letting go and trusting what, what will come through, but I learned it through hosting retreats. So I would gather entrepreneurs and we'd have an intention and I'd have some content and worksheets and exercises. And, but then there would be moments where I'd find myself talking and I would literally say, I don't know why I'm sharing this. Does someone need to hear it? And people would raise their hand and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I would start telling a story that seemed like disconnected. Time, like this came out. Yeah. I didn't know it didn't, it actually seemed inappropriate. It was like, oh. this story doesn't really make sense to what I'm talking about, but I feel like someone needs to hear it. And so the more I trusted that and people were again, validated that I wasn't crazy. Oh yeah. That when you shared that thing, that was what I came here for. You know, all the other I stuff. I loved how you asked, but... is anybody like, is this res resonating with somebody? Cause I don't know why I'm talking about this right now. <laughs> yeah. And it takes something to be able to ask. Right. And that's one yeah. of the things we practice is being receptive. Like, cause people could say, no, <laughs> no, like, no, I don't, <laughs> don't want to hear about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, uh, Darla, it has been a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show today. And you, you know, tell the listeners what they got going on, how they can get in touch with you if they want more of you. Yeah, the first step would be to go to sourcedexperience.com forward slash quiz. And you can take our eight question quiz and it'll give you a sense of your magic type. Awesome. So that's what I'd recommend. And then you'll get my newsletter. I do a weekly YouTube video and a variety of things. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'll make sure you guys check her out. Go to the website, take a test and, you know, just see where you're at. And, um, you know, I, 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 you will not be disappointed working with Darla. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> thank you, Susan. All right. Thank you, Darla. Bye now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Create Happy Now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you are watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell. If you have a topic to suggest, please leave a comment below. Catch the Create Happy Now podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Audible, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, and Podchaser. Check out other YouTube videos on the Create Happy Now YouTube channel. And if you want more, check down below for resources, courses, and events, or go to www.createhappynow.com.